This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Time now for us to catch up with Taylor Davis Collie from Orokanui Eco Sanctuary for a regular fortnightly catch up with the sanctuary. Uh, Taylor Morea, now great to have you with us again. Morena, Jeff. It's great to be here. I'm just looking at that weather forecast, Taylor, and you know you might get a bit of snap at the eco sanctuary over the next uh, couple of days. Yeah, well, it, it's been a funny season so far. I mean, we we did get a good dumping uh, last week. I was actually up there on the Monday when we got that snow, and it was it was really exciting. Um, but yeah, who knows what the weather's going to do for the rest of this week? Well, we're a bit confused. Um, you've got a story to tell us today about how the forest is a little bit confused. Yeah, well, with 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 the seasons the way that they have been, and you know, each each year we've been having these uh, warmer winters, uh, warmer summers, and this kind of mishmash of weather events in between. Uh, the forest and you know the, the plants and the animals usually rely on on these cues from the environment to tell them when to start their breeding season, or when to start flowering, or when to start fruiting. And when you get really mild seasons, the trees and the, and the flowers and, and the birds start to find it really hard to kind of figure out when to do these things. So a classic example of this is, uh, you know, two weeks ago, uh, we noticed that our, our younger Takahe pair, um, Bennett and Waimaria, had started to be quite secretive, which is usually something that only happens during nesting. Normally they're... You know, if you've been up there, you'll know that at 11 o'clock, nothing stops them from from getting out and and getting amongst their their food. But now they're being very secretive, and we had a search around, and we indeed found a nest. And on confirmation with Doc, it's the earliest Takahe nest ever recorded. So what are we putting that down to? Just these continuing kind of uh, mixed messages that, uh, that the environment and the climate are giving us? Yeah, well, you know, they are waiting for they're waiting for you know a, a cue essentially to tell them, okay, it's the 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 spring is coming. We've got we'll have food sources around. We'll have good weather around. So it's time to breed. And and while you know we did have a few of those, we had a few weeks in uh, in you know what was the end of winter that certainly started to uh, provide those messages to these birds. And then they nest, and then the the worry is is that you know spring in Dunedin as we've already seen isn't as uh, as consistent as we would like it to be and so I suppose the concern is is that these birds and and the takia aren't the only ones already nesting we've seen martata already on nests and birds already on nests the concern I suppose is that if these birds are nesting this early there's still the chance that they could get hammered by a big snowstorm or a big rain event or something like that that aren't that uncommon in spring, but also are becoming more unpredictable and more extreme under mm. these climate change scenarios. And Taylor, I guess there are a, a limit to the kind of interventions that, that you can put in place to mitigate that if there is a, you know, a serious winter storm. Well, certainly if we, you know, the, 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 these two Takia are very good parents and they have a beautiful nest um, under under a, an amazing um, type of, uh, sort of a, a relative of, of a toy toy, a kind of big cascading grass. And, uh, you know, they are really good parents. And they're birds that are designed, oh, you're not, not designed, no, they've, they've evolved for a really long time to live in the, the harsh conditions of, of the South Island. 
But you know, even so, um, you know, a poorly timed weather event could be could be a, a bad thing for them. So, uh, if if you know, we 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 may intervene if there was if there was something we could do. But a lot of the time, it is about um, you know we want to breed a, a strong population of these birds that could go into the wild, and part of them is is part of that is letting them learn how to deal with these weather events. Mm. We've just come out of Conservation Week, Taylor. How was that marked at the Eco Sanctuary? Well, we actually had a, a really exciting visit. We had uh, on the Wednesday we had a um, a visit from the Minister of Conservation, uh, which was which is a really cool thing. That uh, was it's you know you kind of always we're always kind of scrambling at Sanctuary with um, with all the things we have to do. You know, there's there's 307 hectares of forest and and visitors coming through the sanctuary, so. We're always kind of working really hard to make sure that all the wildlife is protected and all these people are happy. And, and you don't often get the chance to take stock. So to have the minister there and to walk uh, her around along with some of our local MPs to show them kind of the hard mahi that we've been doing and to celebrate Conservation Week in a way of kind of yeah getting getting some people who were really impressed by the sanctuary um, around was was a great great thing to do for, for our team to kind of go, yeah, that's right, we have done a lot of work and and this place is really cool and it is uh, it has come a long way. Yeah, it must be quite gratifying when, when fresh eyes come and take a look perhaps someone who hasn't visited for a while or is a first time visitor to the Eco Sanctuary that kind of moment of discovery for them, I guess that's part of what motivates you all to do your work up there. Yeah, absolutely. It's always it is like the fresh eyes thing is always great. Like, uh, you know, we whenever we bring up school groups, that's always a question we ask: who who here is visiting for the first time? Because, you know, for for a lot of those um, uh, people, you know, you kind of you kind of get a, a little bit um, a little bit kind of uh, tilted in terms of the way you uh, view some of these wildlife. You know, when you're when you're seeing Taka here every day, when you're seeing Taka every day, um, and then we've got visitors who come along who you know, are blown away by the fact that we have just so many tui and you think, Oh, like that's right. Like this is this is something that is uh that is really, really cool and being there all the time can sometimes make you not appreciate as much as you do when, when you're standing next to someone who's seeing it for the first time. Plenty of tui. Plenty of kereru too. Uh, up to twenty-five of them, kind of uh, flocking together. Uh, I saw a post on your Facebook page, uh, page towards the end of last month. That's quite impressive, isn't it? When you get to that number of birds together, especially if they take off out of the trees. Oh, it's uh, it's incredible. I, I, since I since you know we we made that post, I've actually seen a few more in the flock. So it must be up near thirty now. Oh, very hard to count them all when they're exploding out of the trees. But yeah, no, they're flocking together and they're they're feeding on leaves. Um, we've got some tree lucerne in the sanctuary, but they're also going through anywhere in the city. You'll notice uh, the corfi have had most of the upper leaves of those trees stripped out of them, um, with no fruit around in the forest at the moment. The kedadu eat the, the protein rich leaves of those um, corfi and the lucerne, which are both uh, in the pea family, so have very kind of protein rich leaves. And yeah, they are a naturally a flocking bird. You know, if and when we get closer to our predatory goals, we might see huge flocks of these birds flying around the city. Um, some people might not not be so stoked when they come through and uh, demolish all their plums, <laughs> but it's going to be a sight for sure. And, and definitely the the sound of those birds moving together is, is quite remarkable. It is thunderous um, mm-hmm. underneath them. 
Well, if you visit the eco-sanctuary, there's a good chance you might catch that flock together. We can always find a good reason to visit the eco-sanctuary, and this transition in seasons coming into spring is good enough for a reason to, to come and see you know, what's changing around. It is, of course, also Te Wiki o Te Reo Māori, um, and, well, I'm just, again, looking at the Eco-Sanctuary's Facebook page. Um, you might uh, want to stay on top of that during the course of the week. We can learn a little bit more about, uh, you know, the names of some of the, the, the creatures and the plants that we see around us. Yeah, uh, Te Reo Māori is, is really integral to uh, so much of the work we do because, you know, all these species have a really deep connection to Māori and Understanding their names and understanding why they've been given some of those names not only helps us understand our relationships with them in some ways, but also their relationships with each other. So, um, yeah, it is it is kind of a way to enhance people's engagement with with nature is to actually you know help them uh, learn some of these real names and learn why you know there's different names in different places or learn why some names are similar because, you know, they share uh, like a similar history and why some names are related because some plants and animals are related, so their names are related. So, yeah, there's, there's a lot to get out of that. And it's not just it's not just in terms, not just as simple as, you know, learning the names, but the stories behind those really enrich anything you're going to be doing in the outdoors. Really nice to talk to you again, Taylor. Thanks so much for taking some time to join us to give us a perspective from the Orokuni Eco Sanctuary. Where you can uh, you can visit. Just remind us what the visiting hours are. At the moment, doing nine thirty to four thirty, uh, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Thanks, Taylor. Look forward to catching up with you and Tahu and the team from Orokinui Eco Sanctuary in a couple of weeks' time. Thanks, Jeff. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand on the Air.